This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
live commentary. Palace seem to have shored things up now. Don't look like they're going to concede anytime soon. I'm, I'm ready to eat my words on that one. And it's Robinson. Robinson into Dorjan. He finds Eccleston again. So again, a lot of the ball, but he's not really doing anything out there, Eccleston, I don't find. But it's back to Dorjan, who chips a lovely ball into the middle. And Michael and Goo has scored. 3 4 defending, you have to say. 3 1 Liverpool. Live interviews. You know, I know it's not as sexy for the fans as us saying, oh, we paid, you know, 800 grand for somebody. But often they're signing on fees with free transfers. There's, you know, there are fees. They're just not transfer fees. Expert analysis. It's all gone a bit Fifty Shades of Grey, isn't it? It has, yeah. yeah <laughs> he takes the pepper grinder from the kitchen cupboard, <laughs> places it on the chair, and lowers himself onto it gently. <laughs> Well, most of the time, anyway. Homesdale Radio. Whether you're listening live or to the podcast, call us now to air your opinion. 0203 4755 999. That's 0203 4755 Hello and welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name's Chris Hambling and I'll be hosting tonight's review of the last seven days for Palace. Helping me do so today are Nick Gillard and Joe Holyoke. All right, gents. Hello. Evening, Chris. Evening, Evening. Jill. Yeah, that was lovely, wasn't it? Uh, we'll be getting their thoughts and opinions throughout the rest of the show, but joining, also joining us today is Alex White, who's on his second week of work experience at Hull Radio. I don't know why I laughed when I said that. Hi, Alex. Hello, mate. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. You? You good? Ple- yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, you pleased to be back again? Yeah, I'm buzzing. <laughs> Good, I'm glad to hear it. Um, Alex will be organising your tweets, uh, which you can send to at HOL Radio, uh, and your emails, which will be radio at homesdale.net. And you can always give us a call during the show. It's 0203 You Press 1 to uh, come through to the show, or you can press 2 to leave us a voicemail. They don't have to be threatening, but they sometimes are. Uh, here's a quick rundown of what we have for you today. Uh, there'll be a quick roundup of the week's news, and that'll be in our regular news in brief feature. Uh, we'll talk in detail about that overdue win down at the, the Valley on Friday night as the boys handed out a lesson to the clowns. Uh, we'll look ahead to the games against Nottingham Forest on Tuesday night and uh, Cardiff's visit to the Fortress of Selhurst on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, we'll work through all of your contact for the last few days on various topics. Uh, and just before we get on with the show, I want to bring to your attention that on um, Thursday night we'll see the Crystal Palace Supporters Trust hold their annual general meeting at Selhurst Park. Uh, the event is open to all, um, and it will be held in Speroni's restaurant with a 7.15pm start time. Uh, there will be a Q&A session with the amazing and fascinating Lenny Lawrence, as well as an update on the progress of Palace's proposed new training ground. The Players' Bar will be open for the evening, so make sure you get there if you can. Uh, for full details on that, visit the New Look Trust website. It's www.palacetrust.org.uk. And without further delay, here is News in Brief. Dougie Friedman played for a World Eleven last Saturday against a Finland side in an exhibition match which celebrated the Nordic country's golden generation. Dougie said, Aki could pick a player for the other team and wanted to play against me. We lost 5-2, but there were two very dubious penalties. I won't say more than that. I'd love to still be playing, but I'm not fit enough. After 45 minutes, I couldn't walk for two hours. I had a two-hour shower. Nick, Daniel McCarthy. 
We'll be out for at least another four or five weeks. Dougie said. It's looking like Paddy will be missing for a longer period of time. At least another four or five weeks. The injection he has had has either given him an infection or been in the wrong area. And it's swollen up again, making him very stuff and sore. As we speak, he's four or five weeks away from it. It's terrible bit of news for Paddy and we're just as disappointed. We've missed him and continue to miss him. Duo Cressiopaia and David Wright have both made one-month loan moves away from Palace. Experienced midfielder Wright joins the Jules, who sit top of League 2 undefeated after five games, while young forward Cressiopaia will be looking to propel Aldershot up the same league. Cadell Daniel, who had previously had a short-term deal, has signed a new contract with the club through to the end of the season, as he revealed on Homesdale Radio last week. Uh, he also managed to destroy producer Mikey and FIFA early in the week. Right, I'll never forget when I was out in Glasgow doing some gigs. Before the gig, I, uh, this, this, this grimy local guy came up to me in a Sainsbury's, asked me for some heroin. In Sainsbury's? <laughs> I, I just went, uh, sorry, I, I, I don't work here. Comedian, actor, singer and palace fan. Rest your head and snuggle up tight. It's nearly time to hit the lights and... Don't forget, it's Friday, right? So don't come into mum and daddy's room tonight. <laughs> We've got important work to do from quarter past to quarter two. And daddy really wants to get the job done. And I haven't finished my work this month, not once. Live on Homestale Radio, September 30th from 8pm. Okay, welcome back. Um... Sorry, sorry, Chris, we've, had, yeah, uh, we've yeah. had a tweet in from Peter Robinson uh, at <laughs> PeterRobbo05. Um, at Hull Radio, that's HOL Radio, I thought Taggart had died years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> I thought it was Mark McGee myself, but yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know what your problem is, I thought it was a perfect Scottish accent. Um, thanks for that, Pete, very kind of you to, um, to point out. Yeah, point out. Um, listen, before we get into the chart and review... Uh, we've got a got an email that came in from from Scott, and it's with reference to something that a certain presenter who's with us today may have made reference to during this um, course of the presenter. week on Homestay.net. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, that may have been you, Mister Holyoke. Yeah, don't um, be scared. Let's uh, let's let's just read this out. We'll give you the right of reply, and then me and Nick are going to lay into you. Um, <laughs> Scott said, uh, hi, Hull Radio. I uh, just wanted to pick up on one of what one of your presenters, Joe Holyoke, said about Ian Wright. He's a Palace legend, and I had the pleasure of seeing him develop from an unknown 21-year-old into the top-class striker he became. Yes, he did a couple of silly, silly things after he left, but he gave me and probably a few others my best memories as a Palace fan. Joe Holyoke sounds like he has something personal against him, and most dads would support their sons at football anyway, like Ian on Friday. And then he says, keep up the good work. Thanks, Scott. Um... So, Joe, um, obviously, those what? Well, if you let the uh, listeners know what your comments were about Mister Mister Wright and his uh, obviously support of um, of Bradley Wright Phillips at, at the Charlton game, and then and then we'll go into a little discussion on that. And obviously, anyone at home who has uh, any opinions on that as well, do tweet us or email. Or on us. the bus, or on the bus, you can be on the bus and have an opinion. <laughs> Joe, um, all right then, not right. in the caravan. No. Okay, it's all opinions. about it's, it's it's all about decorum, um, about cheering the right time, right place for me. I mean, I, I wouldn't, if my son won a big competition doing what he does, I wouldn't be in everyone's face and jumping up and cheering. And, mm. Do you know what I mean? I know he is what he is, and he's a, you know, he's the likeable, cheeky, chappy that everyone, you know, but 
you got to remember, he's kissed more badges than a Boy Scout. You know, <laughs> I, I got go on Google, Google righty kissing badges. He kissed the Arsenal badge, he kissed the Palace badge, he kissed the West Ham badge. And he, give him a badge, shake a badge around his ass, I bet he kisses it. Do you know what I mean? It's just, but anyway, as, as, I yeah. thought you were going to say, go on Google and type in kissing Boy Scouts. Then, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, Don't do you know, I, I'm 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 old enough to go back to when he mm. first joined, and what he did was fantastic for the club. I, I, whatever people want to say, he is a legend. I'm not saying he is a legend in most people's eyes. You know what I mean? But sometimes people do things, and you think. Nah, not for me. You know, he's a yeah. good player. Scored loads of goals, but um, um, I'm gonna give. Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. But you've, you've put your point across. I'm gonna let Nick give his point, and then I'll uh, I'll try and finish it off because we want to get into talking about the uh, the Charlton game, obviously. But uh, but Nick, what, what's your view on that? The, the first thing I'm going to tackle is the supporting their sons bit. I, I dashed round um, where I live today, um, dropping one son off to one football match, and then his older brother had a match somewhere else. And I was backwards and forwards watching the game. And I watched my youngest play today. They won 4-2, well done, Elmstead. And I was kicking every ball with them. And I, I was really there. And it, it was it was just good. And, you know, I, it just took me back to playing myself. And it, no, I, no, it no. Nick, I appreciate, I appreciate what yeah. you're saying. I appreciate. Listen, I kick every ball. I, had every, I, I sit at the club watching games. And I hear the ball. My mates all laugh at me, right? But the thing is, right, I tell you what, the best thing, this is, this is, this is decorum on a professional thing, right? Murray scores. No, no, no. Murray scores against Brighton that last year down their place. What does he do? He turns around, takes a hug off a couple of players, doesn't say a thing, walks back to the halfway line. Dan's when he scored for Leicester. Exactly. That's all. That's all I'm saying. He can go up and do what he likes after the game. You know what I mean? He can clap. But you could see him. He was near enough going to be off his seat and giving it all that. There's, There's a time and a place. All right, that's all I'm saying. Just have to think about things a little bit. Yeah, I know, yeah. God, now, it's just, it's just excitable. But anyway, come on. Yeah, come no, on it's gone as a fan, We're not done, fan, mate. Now, well, listen, you've, got remember, you've got to remember, there's a club in South London where it seems to be most of the people think he's a legend and he's in front of 3,000 of their fans. Start, you can't, they can't have both, both ways. If he's mm. a legend for us and these sons... So what is he doing? He's standing up cheering when Charlton score against the team where he's a legend. What does he want to do? Come down and be hated. There's a place and um, a time and there's decor and everything else. So I'm just saying. All right, before, before we go any further than that, uh, obviously, Nick, you said you, you seem to indicate you might have another point to make there. Um, um, <clears throat> yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's, I, I, I'm, I'm like you. I, he's a bit of a flash kit for me. Do you know what I mean? You look at, you look at someone like Zaha, he's, he's a great player, but he seems quite sort of humble. Do you know what I mean? He's, he doesn't give it the big and like, like right he did. And I think he's, he's got, got a bit too big for his boots. But he's a gone there as a fan. If he wants to support Charlton, good luck to him. He's a Millwall fan anyway. Yeah, but he's even you know from I mean? Palace fans. Palace has got us, I know, I know, I know. But would they rather he just sat there and did nothing? Do you know what I mean? No, he's got no allegiance to us other than being, being a previous employer. Right. Right. Why won't you cheer him, mate? There's a difference between being a fan and him being a legend. He wants to jump up and score when, he, when they play West Ham or whoever they're going to play. You know, you know we'll do whatever. I don't care if he jumps up and does that. But don't do it against us. Don't don't do it against us. It's rude. All right, listen. listen okay, I'm going to win. I kissed his badge at Ibrick yeah, when yeah. I saw us get relegated. So yeah. that's well, what listen, it's like. But it I doesn't can, stop the fact he played brilliantly for us. Yeah, look, if I can just sort of... Uh, I mean, obviously, again, like, I'd love to know if anyone's got any opinions on this at home. But um, I don't think for one second that just because he got... He got basically jail. I mean, you got angry because got, he got shown by a, a camera, like, cheering after his son or whatever. But 
Like, I mean, he's done. He, you can see the type of person he is, right? You, you know, you, it's not a surprise, right? You know that he's, uh, you know, he's a guy who, who's always throughout his life in, in football has always acted just purely on emotion. It's like later on that day, he tweeted, a, a, he put a tweet out in praise of the Fat Palace fans for all the noise that they made, and you know how happy he was for them and all that sort of stuff. But he just acts on emotion, and I think that's all he was doing there. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not massively impressed that my favourite all time. Player in, in Ian Wright, the player I looked, you know, I absolutely adored as a kid. I thought he was, you know, the best thing I'd ever seen and scored all sorts of goals. And he's still the third top scorer for our football club. And as, as you rightly say, pretty much everyone you talk to says Ian Wright is an absolute legend, um, barring a few who say that whatever he does now, he's still soured it too much by the badge kissing thing and all that sort of stuff. There's all those sorts of arguments. But at the end of the day, it's like, <clears throat> I don't think. I don't think you can you can slag someone off for defending him as a Palace fan, and I think that's what it came came from. You can have your opinion, and it's ba- your opinion is based on your experiences, and other people's opinions based on their experiences, and that's all it really is. But for me, I, uh, for me, Ian Wright will always be a Palace legend, even when he, even if he didn't want to be. Well, no, and I appreciate what you're saying, and and in re- and in return to that, because this is all stemmed from a post on on the Homesdale um, on the match thread, is that when Juve Eagles turned around and, and pulled me up on it, and I said, I appreciate your opinion. It's your opinion. You obviously love him. I don't. It's, it, it's mm. all about opinions. That's why we're on a, a public football forum, you know, where everyone's got opinions, why, especially on the, on the Homesdale, where it can kick off over the, over the slightest thing. Where some, it's, it's why we're all different. Someone like, some people like him, and some people don't. Or the most people like him, and some people don't. I'm not saying I don't like him. I just don't like some of the stuff that he's done, and there's some of the stuff that he's doing. All I'm right. saying is, when you're, when you're in the public eye, right, you don't take your top off. I mean, no, I mean, you don't cheer for your son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a bit slow, aren't you? Eh? Yeah, I am, I am pretty slow. <laughs> To be honest, it's a 48 hour hangover, it's just pretty bad. But um, what does um, being a presenter count? Yeah, Sorry? Do I have to keep quiet at my son's matches? Because I'm in the public eye on this, really, aren't <laughs> I? Or the public ear. Pubic. <laughs> public ear, yeah. It really doesn't count. Re- honestly, Nick, it really doesn't count. In the, um, uh, in the chat room, Chris, sorry, um, Palace Guard yeah. doesn't care what he does in the crowd. It's a mountain out of a molehill. Um, Keith Collins, uh, KTH Collins 66. Uh, Ian Wright is sadly lacking soft skills. I'm sure he has some feelings for us, but little compared to Morrison, Salaka and Bright. And the best one of all, Cyril in the um, chat room says, the solution is just to get all these kids to play for us. <laughs> I think we should leave it there. That's it. Yeah, we will leave it there. Yeah, uh, I did. Yeah, wholeradio.net forward slash chat if you want to join Nick and uh, the mental people in the chat room. They're not all mental. I take that back. I apologise. They're all lovely. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, and I'd have to say I do agree with Keith. It's a very good point. Yes, I, it, I think that probably just sums it up, really. I think perhaps the strength of our feelings towards him for what he did as far outweighs his own affections for Palace. But, you know, there we go. I think exactly. he, has a, he has a bit for us. But exactly. All right, moving, moving on. Nothing to see you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I'm annoyed we didn't give you as hard a time as I wanted to, but I'm very Yeah, it's because I can play my points across. That's why. Yeah, you get... Um, so anyway, apparently on Friday night it was um, we played a match against uh, Charlton Athletic um, at the Valley. Uh, we hadn't won in the league at the Valley since I believe it was 1968, according to Sky. On when I rewatched the game when I got back home, not that I'm sad. Um, but it was a obviously it was a fantastic day out. Really, it was something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, twenty one thousand seven hundred people in that stadium. It was only 
uh, one area that was making any real noise, and that was the just over three thousand palace. It was, it was you know one of our. It's the sort of away day we're getting really used to under under Dougie in the um, in the big derbies. I think. Um, I just well what a what a game it was. Listen, the game finished one nil to to Palace, as we all know, I'm sure by now, uh, with a fantastic strike from KG. Uh, I'm going to run through the lineups, and I'm just going to give the the guys some sort of early. Um, couple of early bits to say and then we'll uh, then we'll review the uh, the first part of the match so um obviously this the lineup for palace was a uh, Speroni in goal we had the centre-back partnership of Delaney and Ramage we had uh, Johnny Parr starting at left left back and Darcy Blake at right back um Yannick Balassi started on the left wing if you've got his first name there um <laughs> Wilf Zaha started on the right wing um I believe and we sort of had uh uh, sort of yeah, KG and Jednak in midfield with Owen Garvin at like the point just in behind Glenn Murray, who was uh, pretty much up top on his own. And I think there was um, some early trepidation over the fact that uh, Moritz dropped to the bench and to be replaced by KG. Uh, but as ever, um, those early opinions based on an assumption were shown to be incorrect. Uh, I just think um, he was set on. up for an away game, Chris. That's all. Mm. I think we'll see Moritz back next week, but we'll talk about that. It was it was a defensive midfield setup for an away game where you'd expect the home team to be kind of coming at us. And as it was, they were well, they didn't really, did they? Till the end. No, no, they didn't. Um, uh, yeah, I think that it was an obvious change, wasn't it? Um, in mm. it for for an away game, and I think it's starting to show the sort of flexibility we have. Um, I think this we'll start we'll start off this um, the detail of the review with by going to Jerry, who's left us a, a voicemail. Hi Chris and Cole, hope you're all well. Watched a fantastic victory on Friday night at the AJA Bot Lounge down in South Croydon. Great place, must recommend that too. Fantastic team performance, great cohesion. Um, Digitroy and Garvin done really well and hopefully it's just going to be all good, much better. I'm hoping that on uh, against Forest on Tuesday we can play uh, Maritz and uh, perhaps be a little bit more attacking but Fantastic. Dougie got his spot on. We never want to see Dougie go. Let's hope he can stay there for as long as possible and take us forward. Anyway, I look forward to listening to the show tonight and I wish you all the very best. P.S. I'm off to Brighton for the day, the seaweeds. Um, but uh, it's nearly a year ago since that very famous victory. And let's have more of the same on Tuesday and, of course, a double dose again on Saturday. So all the very best and... Um, Thanks for broadcasting. Bye bye now. So, um, <laughs> not sure what happened at the end of Jerry's call there, but um, yeah, yeah, obviously uh, great stuff again from Jerry. And there's a couple of things he's picked up from fir- the first point really that he said he's hoping uh, against Forest would be um, would be a bit more adventurous. And I think that's probably what, what we're talking about really in, in the way that we set up for, for the away game. Um, um, but but he also meant sort of picked out Garvin and, and, and KG as, as as top performers, and it's interesting that those two. Are um, well, those two are players that have basically have been on the end of a lot of stick as, as in their time as Palace players. So it's interesting the little turnaround that's been happening recently. But I mean, yeah, going through the the, the first half, really. Obviously, the um, it, it, the first half ended nil nil, but it it was anything but boring. I mean, obviously from the game, I couldn't really tell you what's happened. But fortunately, I have watched it watched it back since one and a half times so far. Um, 
it was well, it was it was an enjoyable first half. I think we we had an effort that really should have been converted either by Murray or Garvin, but it was eventually cleared off the line. Uh, obviously, Charlton had the disallowed goal, and, and we'll get into the details. In fact, it's one of our points of discussion today. If you want to get in touch uh, on Twitter or, or email, whether that goal should have been disallowed and and what the reasons were for it and all that sort of stuff is yeah. But um, and and the other thing that people point did pick up on. Yannick Balassi um, in his shooting prowess. But um, listen, we, we were the better side in the first half. I don't think there's any real um, argument about that. So I'm going to sort of talk to the guys about that in general, really. Um, you, well, I'll start with you, Joe. Do you think it's fair we were, we were the stronger team in the first half? I think we were stronger by miles. Um, I mean, the, the setup to, to have two wide players, um, I think, took them by surprise because uh, as, as far as I know, we haven't as far as I've been watching, we haven't played that way. Um, I mean, I talked to a friend of mine, uh, and I use that term loosely, who is a clown, and he said that he's friends with some of their backroom team, and he just basically said, look, from corners and free kicks, we know you can't defend, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, all you've got to do is just watch watch Zaha um, and kick him when he goes down in the, you know, when he goes into the penalty area. But, I mean, I was so pleased with, with the way that we attacked literally down both lines, you know, down, down the lines, um, not cutting inside, but just taking their players out wide. Because I, I think the wider you take them, I mean, it gives you a harder cross to get in, but, you know, it takes uh, extra players out of the area for, for defensive-wise. Um, but no, I thought the setup was was bang on, and it's what we've been screaming for, um, wide players getting in crosses. You know, we've been yeah. saying it, I've been banging on it about it for ages. Do you think it really is that that makes such a difference? I know a lot of people have talked about us playing a different game and a lot of people have been saying, well, you know, Dougie's finally changed his attitude and all this sort of stuff. But I, I actually am more of the belief that not a great deal has changed. We've just It's just the personnel that's changed. We've finally got the people in the right areas. And Balassi, I think, is, is one of those. I think, I think having an, two natural wingers has made all the difference, in my view. What, what do you well, think about that? Well, that's, yeah, but say, I mean, that's the thing. Is Wilf, is he a winger? Like, is, that direct, well, is that a direct question? A direct question, Chris. Do you, do you think yeah. he's a wing? Okay, so if he's a wing, well, currently, then, currently, yeah, right. Okay, so currently, he's, he, so we get him out on the right wing, which is brilliant, and we've got Balassi, who, like you say, apart from his shooting boots, if he carries on like that for this season, he will score eventually the most spectacular hat trick of the, <laughs> the, the season, without a doubt, because. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously got the without just a lacking a little bit of direction. But I tell you what, he did. It reminded me. Of, he reminded me of he's been playing with Wilf now, hasn't he? You know, that we've got showboats on the left, showboat on the right. Um, and I think what that will do, that will get us a lot of players get frustrated by being uh, tricked. Um, I mean, I, that excuse their left back went off with an injury. I mean, I, I, he used that when he That's got Wiggins, got, actually. Yeah, yeah, he had whiplash, mate. That's what he had. He got spun around <laughs> his circle so much, he had a bad nick. Mm. Uh, um, so, I've, I've, yeah. I think you're right, and on that subject, really, I did notice it earlier, and um, Mike has just brought it to my attention. Actually, it's a couple of tweets from from Daniel Stone talking about Wilf. Uh, I, I I was one who, who praised Wilf considerably on on Twitter on my way back from the game uh, because I just think that the guy is sensational. But I mean, I, I'll go through what he's actually said. Um, 
and I think a little bit later on we'll go, we'll go to Alex and get a few more bits and pieces but I'll take this one it says uh, what did you think on, about Zaha and Friday people raved about him he was good no one product though and the thing that concerned me most was his almost refusal to pass at times and do it by himself if I was Friedman I'd have subbed him or had a word in his ear after the game um, well I'm going to give my opinion on that um, and I think it's probably going to be quite similar to, the, to both of you um, I don't agree for it. I, re- I just I can't agree at all I think when you talk about end product and you're talking about a player who's aiming at one person in the box, it's a bit harsh. Uh, I thought his crossing was was pretty decent. He, you know, he lo- he he got his head up. He looked. He saw he had Murray to aim at, um, so he either aimed at Murray or he sort of sort of tried to cut back for a player rushing on. And there was a couple of occasions where there was a player, ru- you know, rushing on. What do you think, Joe? I mean, well, you see, I mean, he's he's pulled out a bit about no end product. I mean, the only the only thing that frustrated me, continually frustrated me, was Balassi. He did everything brilliantly, but he he had that. He, he's the one that didn't have any end products. And what I'm, I'm I'm saying he didn't have any end product. The end product was like loads of wild shots. But his experience with you know the people got to get hold of him and go look, you can do all these tricks, but. We've got other players. You've got to pass it. You can, can do I all the tricks in, you Jeff, want. You've, yeah, go on. Yeah, go on, mate. Sorry, right, you go say on. that. Um, what was Darren Ambrose's shots to goal ratio? We love Darren him. Ambrose. Darren Ambrose is a totally different player. First of all, Ambrose didn't have loads of tricks. What Ambrose had was skill and guile. Ambrose could could dip his shoulder, cut inside, and unleash a shot that was that was nine times out of ten was more accurate. I would imagine that Ambrose, in training, because he's, you know, he never had the best legs anyway, would probably pick the ball up, take two steps, and smack it. Whereas Balassi and Wilf, they are pace players where they're trying to, they're spinning and turning and trying to completely disorientate the left or right back. And then what they're trying to do is they're they're, they're trying to then hit it as hard as they can. When we're not after them scoring loads of goals now. We don't want, in all honesty, we don't want them. We want them to cross the ball. We've got forwards. Look what I mean. I know we've. Look what happens when you when you cross the ball for Murray. Do you know what I mean? That's what, that's what we need to do. Just a little bit. We can't criticise. We've just done that mob in their own backyard for the first time in like yeah. best part of forty years. Look, look, I mean, uh, I hate to drag us back to the point um, in question, but. I mean, what what we're talking about here really is, is, is people's judgment of of Wilf Zaha. I mean, you're, you're right in that, not to point at Balassi as a as a similar sort of situation, if you like. But but what I'm kind of I want to drag us back to, and, and I, I know what what Daniel's saying in his tweet. I know what he's getting at. But but what I think the trouble is, you look at whenever you look at a player who's who is responsible, basically in our team, Wilf Zaha. He's one of the players who, luckily, he's got that burden to be shared with Balassi. He's one of the players who is responsible for that final pass, right? People, in my opinion, people have a tendency to lose the plot when judging players like that. Because how often, I mean, you look at every football match up and down the country, no matter what level it is, right? How many of those final passes are perfect straight to another player and result in a goal? Right? How, how many? It doesn't happen very often. That's the whole point of football, right? So if you start judging someone on having a low success rate out wide when, when they're putting a ball in the box, or I mean, yeah, he does need to learn occasionally to pass to, to play that simple pass. One of the things he does do, and he has got a good range of passing, weirdly enough, but one of the things he does do is, is well, I, all right, Nick, hold on, I will come to you. One of the things he does is he, he, 
he has a tendency, even when he's going to play the pass, just to delay it that little bit too long. And that's you know that's something he'll work on as as a teenager. But but I think overall his his game is just improving so so much. And I think it's wrong to be judging him like that. But Nick, you want to jump in? Um, just to move us off from Zaha, but with a final point, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have renewed my season ticket. He's worth the season ticket alone to watch, and that's it. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, I agree. I mean, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't. Know, the team it. were rubbish last season. He he was the only person that could light up a game. All right, towards the end, he wasn't doing it every game. But you watch him, and you go home, and you you sit down in the evening, and you think that bloke's bloody genius, and you don't see them. Yeah. Nah, he's, he's, he's Premier players. He's and, a sensational player. But I, I would, like I say, I would never, I would never say to to Daniel, for example, it, it, that that you don't have a point. I don't I don't understand what you're saying and that you're wrong or anything like that. I mean, I don't agree with it. Everyone's got their own point of view, but and I've explained why, but I just yeah, I don't I think people should just enjoy Wilf while we've got him because you don't get to see players like that that often. You really really don't and and he's just he's something else in my view. Um I will uh, go to Alex in a bit for some tweets about the game in general. Um but just before I do that, I'm, uh, I just want to sort of like... Oh, I'm going to take Lee Ward's tweet, actually. That's what I'm going to do. Um, Lee has said about... He's, that he's sure that Wilf put in two crosses in the first half, which had two shots come off those crosses. And that to say, obviously, you say he's got no end product. And clearly, that's that's not the case. And he's right. Like, obviously, his cross for a scrambled effort off the line and his cross also, there was one where KG had a, had a shot as well. So, I like, think um, oh, Lee ran out of characters there on that tweet. As well. <laughs> he did, I just... Like half I got, sentence, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why we're struggling at the end of the tweet. <laughs> it, it just says to say he had no run product. That's it. it. Yeah, but I know you meant, Lee. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, oh, it's, it's harsh. It's come up. It's harsh. There it is. It's back up now. <laughs> just there we go. It's harsh. Although I do think sometimes he needs to use options instead of doing it himself. Bang on, Lee. Absolutely right. I should just ask you in the first place. And that um, hasn't finished either. Just came in. Just came in what? <laughs> no, that meant that meant the tweet. The rest of the tweet just came in, Nick. Oh, Joe, um, you're my <laughs> only wise. I tell you. <laughs> um, you know what I've just done? I put my left hand on my ear and touched my heel. I just I hate <laughs> the barrier. <laughs> Listen. Anyway, look. That's that's the um, <laughs> that's the first half out of the way. Listen, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna talk very very quickly. Talk about the disallowed goal, right? Um, oh, the right. Speak it's about simple. normal speed, Chris. Not very quickly. I can't understand you then. Just normal speed. Okay, all right. I'll speak a very uh, exactly normal pace Speaking about Scottish. the disallowed goal. Um, look, I, it's Scottish, Chris. No, I got. A, we've got an, e- an email in from Palace Guard about that. He said it was the worst Scottish accent ever. I think you'll find it's a Scotch accent anyway. I thought it was the best. I thought it was good. Um, but there we go. I think... Um, well, look, the disallowed goal. Look, let's get right to the point. It was onside because he was being played onside at the point the ball went forward from the, uh, from the header, which I think was by Leon Corr. Uh, to Brad Wright Phillips at the point that that header happened it was you know he was onside and he was inside because Darcy Blake fell over now like if if you're being completely straight about it it's onside but it it's a guy falling over that's played him onside so really it doesn't to me I don't think there's any moral problem with the fact it was disallowed I know that the linesman has gone to um, has, has apologised to Chris Powell basically saying yes it should have should have stood but 
you know, at the end of the day, he should have stood because someone fell over. Admittedly, fell over on one of his own players, but it just seems a bit off to me. Joe? Oh, just, just very quickly on that point, can you... Uh, I, I think someone mentioned on the hole earlier that it was his arm that played him on side. If, they, if you actually put a line across the screen, it was his arm. And I think you can't be played on side by a part of the body that can't be used during a game. I.e. the hands, which is handball. That is true. That is the case. Oh, so, well, okay, so it was, it was off, so offside. Wait, wait. So, if, if it was true that it was just his arm playing him on, but I don't think it was. I think it was, I think well, it was, anyway. half, I think it was half his body. Nick. Okay. Nick? I, I don't think he was... Um, I don't think that he was offside. Um, no, no, I, no, no. The Palace player was playing him on, and that's the best thing about football in here. Throws up little things like that, and this time it came in for us. It wasn't the Andy Johnson ball coming out of the net in. Uh, against, was it Andy Johnson? Who was it? No, it was um, Freddie Sears. Freddie Sears. City. One's one's come up for us for a change. Well done. That's yeah, that's it. There's tough, tough it. Pity. We, had, we had a penalty a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Had, the referee pointed to the spot, and then their goalkeeper come out. He said, oh, oh, damn no, that's not never a penalty. And he changed his mind. Hang on a minute, it was a penalty. The referee gave it. So we should have had a penalty. We never got it. And now, you know, this, this week, we've, it's turned in our favour. Swings and roundabouts, all it is. They can cry as much as what they want. We stuffed them in their own backyard, and they were absolutely crap. <laughs> I thought for a home team in a South London derby, they'd have yep. come out and try to smash us, worst case scenario, to come out and kick us off the field, as they usually do, because there's always a sending off in these games, and they, what did they do? Nothing. Absolutely. Now, they were the, that's the poorest Charlton side I've seen, and, and I've seen a few links that they've, that's been put up on the old, from the Charlton forum, saying that they are embarrassed, and they should be embarrassed, because if it had been Palace turned over like that, at our place, against them, I would have been furious. So they have yeah. every right their fans to be rucking about that. Much the same as what we were at the end of last season when we were getting turned over by some of the rubbish sides that we should never have lost to. But there you go. I mean, they were, they were so poor at home. I mean, they were just outplayed, outfought, outthought and outsung. Absolutely. Um, I don't know who it's from because the, the tweet's been put up. Well, Angus Maynard. Oh, I did read a quick mention of Angus. He was the, one of the lads who got, got a bit of grief at the station, unfortunately. I know. I saw a few people. Well, I spoke to a few people who saw what happened. He got stamped on by the coward of a Charlton fan after he got knocked over, which I thought was shocking. I hope you hope you're all right, Angus. Uh, his tweet uh, that came in was um, the fact that Ryan Phillips tried to hush us all when he scored just makes it all, all the sweeter. I can't I can't agree more, mate. I, I didn't know he'd done it until um, until I watched it back on the, uh, on Sky later on. Uh, yeah, just see that smug little face. Have to uh, have to change, Nick. You did want to make a point. Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, one thing. Um, there seems to be a lot of empty seats. Looking from the telly and the uh, Charlton end. Is that the case? It didn't seem that full. I, I mean, I, I'm amazed it was twenty-one thousand. Seriously, I, I would have put that. I, I mean, what is their grand old? Is it bigger than ours? Is it? Yeah, bigger listen, than they, they, yeah, it holds twenty-seven thousand. So it's a little bit bigger than our, our technically our capacity. It's um, a bigger top, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is a bigger top, yeah. I actually burped when I laughed at it. I apologise if anyone noticed that. Um, I, 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 I there was there would seem to be like a huge hole each end of their yeah. main stands, masses of seats empty there. And then when it when the camera zoomed in on their on some of their own fans, there was empty seats everywhere. I, yeah. I don't I don't I honestly Look, don't get it. 
I'll, I'll say a couple of things on that. The first, the first is when you go back to our home game against Brighton last year, we had the same thing, right? Um, so it's a bit difficult to take too much of a more high ground. Although I think, well, I know that the way that we were allowed to sell tickets for that Brighton game uh, did not really, really didn't really help us fill our ground, shall we say? But I mean, that aside, like everyone who was in the ground. You know, there wasn't any lack of uh, support or effort from them. Um, what we heard from the Charlton fans, and I, and I don't, I'm not just saying this to try and be incendiary and, and to try and rub it in. What the noise that they made was was an, a huge embarrassment because, I mean, they gave it absolutely nothing. How can they? I mean, their team were awful uh, in terms of their commitment and in terms of their ability, but at least that they were still trying to score towards the end of the game. Their fans, their fans didn't give it anything from minute one to the end. And it, I, you know, when you look at what we did with, with three thousand, yes, we've got a sensational away support. And I mean, they, the HF were just on, an, on another planet uh, in the away, and they really were. Um, but phew, I can't. I've never been so embarrassed for another team's support. And I, I include Coventry in that when you, when you when you go away to Coventry and they got a third full stadium and like 14 people singing it, you know that was less embarrassing than what we saw at Charlton because it's their biggest game of the season they keep telling us it is it is it's their cup final it is they've lost their no, cup final anymore. not well, anymore no it's now Millwall because they've lost this one you, no, I'll give them their due Chris they've been very gracious and I've read a couple of Charlton blogs one of them I can't remember the, the, the name of it but I'm sure it's on on uh, the Homesdale website bigtop.com uh, <laughs> We play any car, pop, pop. Um, no, it was the. Um, it was talking about the fanatics, and now they gave an atmosphere, and now it's nice to read about them in a positive way, and and trying to, you know. No, I mean, we're going to look. Go on, sorry, Chris. <laughs> I was actually going to move us on, so if you're still making a point, mate, you go ahead. No, no, I, I, well, I want to talk about this. We've we've turned that mob over. We got to carry on talking about it in case any of them. Listening, I meant, in, but I, I meant the second half. I was going to move it on to, but all right. Oh, right. Okay. No, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing that you're saying about that, though, uh, Nick. I've I've read a couple of blogs, and that, the one uh, I can't remember what it was, but he was very, very gracious. The only thing he did pick up was um, that, that, that a lot of the HF dressed in black, and he said that you know they want to be ultras. The ultra side of it is just all about fanatical support, which is yeah, what we. Yeah. But he said, but you know, but then. Do you really have to let off smoke bombs and thunder flashes and you know and dress in black? So uh, I'm I'm un- I'm undecided on that. I mean the HF is the HF and uh, and they 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 wherever they turn up they are commented on good and bad. Um, mm. But the thing is they're our fans and they're heard all over the country. Yeah. And that's, you can't say that about a lot of fans. You know, no, I watched that Liverpool no. Sunderland game yesterday and it was only Liverpool. You only heard the Liverpool fans after they scored. And yep. they've got been a three or four, five thousand of them up there, you know. And I'm a plastic scouser coating them, so you know <laughs> we we got to be we we we're we're there. We we got great fans. Yeah, and, uh, well, I mean, this, this, the scenes in the the Barrowboy and Banker before the game, I think it's about got to about a thousand of us, I'd say. Um, by the end, and it was just Chris, you would see him double. <laughs> Judging by the uh, amount of pictures that have surfaced of me that I don't recall ever being taken. That's probably more than likely, but um, oh, what well, it was. Can you take you know, out an injunction like Kate Middleton did? I might have to. Yeah, I'm certainly. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to start suing. Some of those pictures seem to be taken with a telephoto lens. He won't. Yeah. He won't know him. He was off his tits. Yeah. <laughs> They're bigger than hers, um, apparently. Yeah, they are. That's ridiculous. 
Queen, behave yourself. <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Anyway. Look. Oh, I'm never getting you two on the same show ever again. Um, <clears throat> look, it was, uh, it was, let's say, the, the atmosphere pre-game was just sensational and it just carried right on. And, and again, I can't I can't praise the HF enough personally. I think just in general they've made a huge difference, as, as we all know. But, but last, you know, Friday night, sorry. <laughs> he said last night. You can tell how long I was drunk for. Um, but, yeah, the, like I say, that... that that night they were just something else. The the number of sort of smoke bombs and bangers and stuff that went off. I don't have a problem with that at all. Like, I know I know there was some issues with flares being taken. No, Nick, don't make People that joke. Stuck in the seventies, yes. You knew you were doing it. See, I knew you were doing it before you even. <laughs> did it. Uh, but I mean, obviously, there is an, an argument, I suppose, on that because they, you know, they burn pretty hot and they're pretty dangerous. But like, but when you're talking about a smoke bomb going off, that's that's just atmosphere and colour. It's not going to hurt anyone, you know what I mean? So, um, and I thought that was. That was a really nice touch, and and the other thing is they just kept the songs going as they always do. But when you when you see that video that's on uh, the Sky Sports site at the moment, and it's got um, KG and and Murray being it interviewed after the game, and you know obviously that happens at every game that they do. They take a couple of players, interview them on the pitch, and it's just it's perfect because it's got you know the Jimmy Seed stand in the background still full of it's after the game but the all every single Palace fan is still there not interested in going anywhere just because the game's over the whole stand is jumping around like lunatics singing we love you and you know what I mean and you can see the players some of the, the newer players just haven't seen anything like it you can see that in in their faces you know and, and it's just so so uh, it's a perfect perfect example of what was going on that night and there's a moment where it just the, the camera actually goes up and you've got it panning across the supporters and it's for me it's just you know I'm so proud to see that and, and to have been part of that but there we go that's my my feelings on that but we did break away and start talking about stuff without finishing our, our quick chat, chat about the game so let's just nip back quickly and talk about uh, the second half the major incidents in that second half um, the first being five minutes into the second half where we scored um, great finish, wasn't it, Nick? It was a fantastic. I scored a goal like that once, seriously, and it was the best goal I've ever scored in my life. And the feeling <laughs> I got from it, KG, yeah, I mean, it's like poetic justice for all the people that are saying, "Oh, KG's overweight. Ooh, let's 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 have somebody to pick on in the team now that Andrew's gone." And uh, actually, he played for South Africa again because he was a good player. He wouldn't be being picked for South Africa. They're not a bad team, really. No, you know. not at all. No, a good I think. Player. I think he showed his real worth, and I think it was a real box-to-box performance. Um, it it but, wasn't but as, as good as his goal against Cardiff, though. 
<laughs> that's still one of the greatest goals ever scored. Yeah. To be able to score when you don't know where the ball is is a real, real uh, talent. Um, yeah. I won't gonna, not gonna dwell too much on that, other than to say, you know, obviously that goal exists everywhere on YouTube, and I think it goes. Uh, you can view it on the website. It's legitimately as of tonight, I think, as well. Uh, well worth a uh, look if you haven't seen it properly. Um, I'm going to go to Joe and talk to him about the um, the last couple of minutes of that game, uh, where we, we obviously we did pretty well. We had Charlton on the rack um, for a while, then they started coming back into it, and we started being pushed back. As you'd expect, being the away side in a derby, blah, 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 blah. Uh, right towards the end, um, the keeper comes up and nearly puts it in. <laughs> what were your reactions? What's your reaction to that, mate? Um well, firstly, what a header. Um, secondly, no one picked the goalkeeper up. There was loads of things there. I was talking to a mate about this this morning. This is how much Chrissy Powell, this is what this game meant to him. Tell me when you've ever seen a goalkeeper come up in a game this early in the season, in a league game, that don't happen. That does not happen. They had, they had every single player in the area. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was amazing. And... and it was picked up in commentary that you know a lot of teams now they don't put men on the post mm. well as we all know and as we all saw on Sky had he not been on that post that's 1-1 one, one. that well, was yeah, he, yours was rooted that kind of typified Garvin's performance and a lot of people picked him out as man of the match and getting back and obviously also worth noting shortly before that with uh, Fuller's deflected shot looping up and Jules making a wonder save to tip it onto the bar and Jednak being there uh, right on the line to head it away. But, that, um, but that that's, the kind of, that's the kind mm. of thing I thought they'd be doing the old game at us. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. I, can't, I mean, can I, let, me, let me just go back because obviously I was in the chat room while I was watching the TV and, and I will put my hands up in, 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 until you know someone will, will say something. I am, have been a critic of of uh, KG I, my own personal view is that he does look a bit chunky and that first half I coated him I didn't think I, I said oh, people you know, people watch as much as I could watching on TV and I don't know he just looked like he was floating obviously I wasn't there I couldn't see it all the t- him all the time but I was saying I was coating him and, mm. and then obviously I, I, the goals come back and then I put in a chat but what do I know so you know the, the other the other thing as well is that sometimes you buy players to do, you know, to do a, a special things. Um, I'd never seen him play. He came from Fulham, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd never seen him play for Fulham or what he did. And if I've not really looked anything up about him, but to, firstly, to be an international, you've got to be half sensible. You can't be you can't be rubbish. Mm. But if he if he does that um, a few times a year um, and keeps us, you know, in the championship. Uh, sorry, my dinner just arrived. Um, but, um, <laughs> thanks, Lisa. Just uh, right, yeah, happens to Wogan as well when he was on his dinner. You were just to turn up. Yeah. yeah, this is like the radio. Yeah, we'll we'll just bring you cakes and stuff. I've just been bought. Uh, oh, it looks like a. What are you having? Uh, I'll tell you what I'm having. Um, it looks like a cheesy. Yeah, oh, it's loads of garlic bread with it. Hang on, before they do that, before they do that, maybe listeners can tweet in and guess what Joe's having. <laughs> yeah, guess what Joe's having. He doesn't seem to know himself, despite it being right, right in front. So don't don't let the uh, cat out of the bag. Yeah, the boy right, in the so bag. Just, it's not a cat. It's not a cat. <laughs> it's not, not having a cat, right? Okay. Look, um. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'll just clear that up. I, I, yeah. But what a. We all know he can strike a ball. He did it last season. Again, live on TV, where the keeper had to make a smart save from 30 mm. yards out. Hopefully, this is going to be the boost that he needs 
to, you know, it, if, if we get the Balassi to pass the ball to, to KG and he shoots, I'll be happy. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I think I think obviously the, the biggest thing KG ever did in a Fulham shirt was to slap Scott Parker, I believe. But um, didn't do a, a huge amount else. But like you know, we signed we signed the guy after a loan. We know we know what he was all about, and he he was very good when we brought him in as a loan player. But he was doing a different job, and I I think I think it's weird. Our mind, well, our minds. I think generally there's a sort of a, a strange attitude towards KG because he's not really the player that we kind of. Th- thought he was in that we thought we signed like a holding midfielder but he's not really a holding midfielder it's not the best he can do he did that for us but I think when we when we bought him permanently I'm sure I remember Dougie Freeman saying that actually you know he's more like a Dan's kind of player and you want him to do that job but I don't know we'll see but certainly if he plays like that uh, on a more regular basis there will be a uh, certainly a lot more praise and criticism from now on really so um again like yeah, you ex- we expected to be under it, as you say, and, and and Charlton have got to be disappointed, both with their, you know, their fans' vocal support, and I think they booed at the end as well. Um, and I think that we've got to be, got to be really, really proud of our team. And I, again, we want to talk on talk a bit more about our record in derbies and things like that. But I'm going to talk to Alex now. We've we've kind of left him completely unattended and not gone to him the whole time. So if you can. Uh, Sort of perhaps take one of the couple of the general tweets, Alex, and we'll and we'll comment on those, and then we'll go through a few of the forward word reviews we've got, and which we've got about ten thousand or so. We'll have to pick a few. <laughs> yeah, we have got quite a few of those ones. I'll, I'll give you some of these. Though we've got Harry here, who said uh, just had to write into the show about the palace and share my feelings about what I saw on my screen on Friday night. Oh man, they were magical. I still think I'm dreaming. Just so. Just look so good up top. Never thought I'd get to see them play like this in my lifetime. Solid, great, straight, well-rounded and classy. All right, a bit wobbly at the back, but still pleasing on the eye. I know Prince William probably a bit pissed off about the pictures being published, but I think they're great. <laughs> God bless for the telescope lens. Now, now that, was, that was a very clever email, wasn't it? Um, can I just say, I'm not going to... I won't... <laughs> it says it says, was it Harry Henry from Holland or Harry from Harry from per- Melbourne? That's Prince Harry. Harry, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. Now the person who sent it actually sent it under their real name, and I, I would certainly not tell anyone that it was Bubs that sent it. That would be rude of me. Um, oh, hang on. Um, anyway, uh, so moving swiftly on from that one, <laughs> <laughs> I've got Patrick O'Connor. Uh, he said. The skill of Balassi and Zaha is out of this world. We'll have defences panicking all season. That final ball will come. Defence was okay. If we play like that, we did in parts. We'll give a lot more teams problems. Got to watch the match over here in the USA. Though Balassi and Wilf were great. Had great dimension. Jedinak, KG and Garvin did well. Yeah, that's uh, it's a good summary from Patrick, really. And I say, it's, again, I think he's he's picked out the, the sort of the two players that were initially kind of the most obvious that stood out, which was Balassi and Zaha just terrorising Charlton. Um, with, with Zaha in particular, as we said, um, for most people, they're doing an absolutely, absolutely sensational job. I think when someone... I, can, I actually remember this from before the game. Um, a lot of people posted sort of links to the Charlton Life website about what they were saying. And I do vividly remember reading someone talking about the fact that they had world-class fullbacks. And they were talking, obviously, we know Wiggins. So I felt bad that he went off injured. Uh, but I don't think he felt bad he went off injured because I think he was happy to get away from Wilf. But, um, you know, he's a, he's a good player. And, and rightly after performing, some, you know, brilliantly at, at Bournemouth and 
sadly being bought by Charlton. Um, you know, he's got a very, very high reputation, and Wilf just tormented him again and again and again, and it just shows you shows you what a player he is. So, no, well picked up there, Patrick. But again, and we will talk a bit more about that midfield because what midfield? the midfield, our oh, midfield, that midfield. Yeah, I know you like the phrase that, the word that. Mm. But um, out of that, the midfield of Jednak, KG, and Garvin. I think those are three of the players who last last season perhaps got the biggest criticism, and it's amazing to consider they were probably our, you know, our, our, our they what well, they that's where our strength came from in that in that victory. So very interesting stuff. Um, but anyway, there. Thanks for that, Patrick. Um, let's let's have a few of the uh, four word reviews then, Alex. Yeah, no problem. I got Stuart Linehanis as unbelievable techers by KG. <laughs> Michael Townsend says Dougie the Derby God. Wayne Gallagher, Palace Steel the Clown Show the Clown Show. Darren Deepledge, Athletic, don't think so. Tom Burton, <laughs> quality atmosphere, quality result. Dean Miles, just another three points. And then I've had loads of these, but Brad Cab said Pride of South London. Yeah, fantastic. No, I think yeah, there there's a few there's plenty of people uh, have written Tears of the Clowns as well, which has a been a popular one. Uh, I think it was probably our most ever replied to um, four-word review request. So, I mean, some fantastic... Did we get more replies than we did for Gerald's dinner guessing? Have we had any in? Yeah, I don't know if we've had any guesses for Gerald's dinner Robin, yet. Robin, whoever Lisa is. Uh, I think that's possibly Gerald's wife. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we go. All right. Uh, but I don't... Yeah. So, if you do want to guess what Gerald's having for dinner, maybe you'll win, I don't know, his dinner. His um, dinner, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's lots of stuff. I, I, I did also notice that it goes to show you how many people had a good game. That uh, Eleanor Mulligan said Johnny Parr's a god. Um, again, and I saw people criticising Parr for his performance. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, she's dyslexic. He's a dog. No, I didn't mean that. But yeah, uh, there was just there was so much in that, and, and uh, I mean like the TV Times. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Jesus Christ! How old are you? Um, I did. That was old I, as jail. No, I did like. Um, um, we Chris appeal to all ages. Yeah, Chris Waters. Uh, Cab ages. Was, uh, look, just stop talking over me, you assholes! Oh, I've sworn. Um, <laughs> Chris Waters said, "Clowns Cup final humiliation" as well, which I thought was a nice one. To sum it up. Did we get many uh, five-word five ones in? Because you normally do, don't you? You do get a few. Things. Yeah, you usually get one that's a paragraph long as well. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I feel bad for calling you guys assholes. I mean, you are, but I just feel bad about it. Mm, anyway, um, look, I don't, I don't want to dwell on it too more. Again, we were going to talk a bit more about the atmosphere, but I think we covered that earlier in the wrong order, like we often do. Um, we've been through your four-word reviews. So, um, not last week, we no one, I think no one got that as a as a correct prediction. So we'll um, we'll feel a bit bad about that. But obviously, if you do want to, I think some of you are. But if you want to tweet us your predictions for the Forest and Games, Forest and Cardiff games. Then please do so. Um, like I say, I'm going to sum it, sum it up really. Without I can't, I couldn't have been more proud of that performance. And I just want finish this off by talking to the guys about our performances, particularly away in in these derby games, which they are. Uh, whether we want to completely admit it or not, but certainly Charlton mean, meant a lot. It more, means more to them than us, but it certainly means a lot to uh, to our fans to have won that game. Um, what what is it? Do you think uh, I'll start with you, Nick? What is it? Do you think that has made us so strong in these? in these derby games under Dougie. 
the away derby games is because I haven't gone and I can't go to any of them now. I'm convinced if I go to one of these big derby games away, we're going to lose. So I'm staying well It'll away. It'll be your fault. It'll be my <laughs> fault. Yeah, well, you can't. You're absolutely right. I mean, I know you're obviously. I've, it's a ridiculous thing to say, but you can't. You really genuinely can't no, it's, go. That's, that's stupid. We are as football fans, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Hang the DJ. Do you know what I mean? Do you, do you think it makes a real difference that Dougie's uh, uh, obviously an, an ex-Palace legend and knows what it means to us in these games? Do you think that makes a difference? Or do you, or do you, do you think it's just down to, to good management that we're getting results in these games? No, I, really, I really think it's down to, down to him stressing the importance um, I mean, he'll know as an ex-player of our club, he'll know the importance. But listen, I, I, I did put, a, a, again, a post about this earlier on the Homestead. And I remember every time we played, when we played Cholton, got rolled over, went to Millwall, got rolled over. Every, every, any time we had a game that meant anything to us, you know, it meant anything from a, not from just a football point, of, a, a football fan's point of view, but one where we just thought, just get up for it, get up for it and just... And, and just try and win, and we never did. You know, we never Apart did. From five but, nil. Um, yeah, but but yeah, what yeah. I'm saying is now, now it seems. It, 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 as a, I would imagine, as a professional footballer, to to be up for every single, you know, as a professional athlete, to, to be up for it every single time, can be can be wearing. But but I just think you know the the games. We went down to Brighton and beat them on their own patch in the first the first league game. You know that'll be forever more, and that will rankle with them more than anything. You know we went to Millwall. We had, but we never used to win at Millwall. We always yeah, used to get. We always used to be always intimidated in the stand, intimidated in the stands, intimidated on the pitch. I used to when we had Rhino and all that, and, and Erlock kicking lumps out of out of right ear and that, and smash him up in the air, and the referees would never blow their whistle because they were too bleeding scared. But yep. you know we we were always getting turned over, and now now what's happening? We got a Cholton first time in night like, sixty eight, bashed them up. When a Millwall last year, bashed them up. When a Brighton. Bash them up. What? What's going on? Is I'll it a you, revolution? Mate, is it a revolution? Like it, it? How much like has it got to do with the chairman being fans as well? Not some. I, I'm not. I don't, I don't know. I, I think obviously they're you know they they lead the club as much as Dougie leads the team, and it's, I suppose it's probably got to have an impact. But I don't know. I, I almost feel like when I'm watching it, when I certainly when I'm watching that game on Friday night, I just felt like it. I kind of felt role, role reversal. It felt like. like the way we used to play was I was was the way way Charlton were playing. I've just noticed yeah. that um, we've slightly lost Mr. Joe Holyoke there. Um, That's a shame. So we, Chris, we can um, say, but I wanted to stop because I've just noticed that someone has correctly guessed what Joe was having for dinner. He will be upset that he can't join in the celebrations. But Alan Duffield guessed ten minutes ago guessed lasagna. Can you believe that? It was lasagna with garlic bread. There we go. Now, the, uh, the next uh, part of the competition is, was it from Marks and Spencer's, Tesco's, <laughs> or Waitrose? <laughs> uh, other supermarkets are available. It might have been from Mace or Wavy Lion, actually. Well, yeah, time well, you, of night on a you, Sunday. Can hear, you can hear how gel sounds. Um, it's pretty clear where it's from. It certainly weren't from Waitrose. Um, no, look, I, I just, I, I, there was a brilliant uh, interview with Dougie before the Charlton game. Unfortunately, I didn't get to hear it until, um, until after the game. But um, when Dougie was talking about how how he was stressing to the players what the game meant. Um, it was a good question to him. It was, they sort of said, how do you get the players up for it? And he talked about, you know, he puts pressure on the players. There's no two ways about it. He says, you know, this game means a lot to the fans and, and you owe them. 
sort of thing. And, yeah. and, you know, the pressure. And he says they put pressure on themselves, and that's the kind of people that he's brought in. And I think that really emphasises what he's done that's different. And what he's done that's different is he's brought in people who will work within, who, who will buy into his ideas and he and will accept and thrive on the pressure he puts under them. And KG mentioned the uh, the fans again in the uh, post-match interview, so it's, you know, we're getting that, yep. you know, we're Bet. stuck by him through the difficult times. But, but just to, I know we need to move on with the Forest mm. review and stuff. Um, we've got to remember, we've had two wins on the trot. It's made me a little bit more, well, a lot more optimistic. But these are the teams that have come up. There's, there is a golf in class between League 1 and League 2, uh, the Championship. Um, so, you know, before we get too overexcited about two victories on the trot, let's let's see how we get on against two kind of established championship teams in the next two games, and then I might start working myself a bit. Yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, obviously, one of the disappointing things at the moment is, is how well Brighton are doing as well. But I, I was thinking about that as well the other day. Um, obviously, the Charlton result, the way, the way it all built up to it, and it reminded me a little bit of... Not in, not in intensity, but it reminded me a little bit of that build-up to the Brighton game last year, where obviously they come up, they're on a roll. You know, they walked that division last season, and they, yeah. you know, thought, they thought they were going to do really well with that momentum. They've seen teams like Norwich and Southampton do that in recent years, and you know, so they, they're kind of thinking the same thing's going to happen. And, and obviously, we went and taught Brighton a lesson, and they never really recovered uh, until this season. And it looks very much like we're going to have to do that again. Uh, sadly, the game at the Amex isn't till. March, but I think we got them at home in, on December the 1st, if I remember rightly. So we're going to have to teach them a lesson then and, and knock them off their perch. Shame we haven't got them a bit earlier, really. But um, I'm not Alan's just tweeted to say, what well, does he win for guessing Joe's dinner correctly? I really don't know. We'll probably send you a lasagna or something. But, um, anyway, um, let's let's talk about Forrest until we can get Joe back. Um, if we don't get, maybe we won't get Joe back at all. It seems um, a while since we've played at home, Chris. Don't it? I know you're going to the um, the game that you've been com- uh, commentating on. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. There a bit more than me, so I'm looking for- forward to the first game under the lights this season in the league. Should be good, and I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to how how we we match up against Forest. You are on a bad side. No, they're not. We've in some ways to to get the wins against Wednesday and Charlton. Uh, it was it was kind of important for us to do that because we were still struggling at this point where we go and play uh, Forest, who are flying and who, who've spent a bit of money, and Cardiff, who, who are the same. They, you know, they've spent some serious wedge now. And, and these are two really tough games coming up. They're at home. Um, we've got every reason to be optimistic with the way we're playing, but we shouldn't be under any illusions about how hard this is going to be. I mean, obviously, after... Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, our, our, um, our form's not bad. Obviously, now we've won those last two games, but before that, we were struggling and we're still... We've, we've, well, we've kept a clean sheet, so that's a positive. And um, Forrest, funnily enough, have only kept kept one clean sheet in the league as well. Um, so in a little bit like um, when we just played Sheffield Wednesday, obviously they're on a good run, but they were conceding a lot of goals, and, and Forrest are similar in that they're, they're regularly having their defence breached. They, lost, they scored, uh, conceded four against Wigan, but I mean... in in the cup, uh, yeah, they cons- the only team that didn't score against them was Bristol City, who put four past us. I'm not sure what to read into that. Um, although they got, yeah. But anyway, um, so they, they, they had a 2-2 draw with uh, Birmingham on Saturday. Uh, Birmingham came, uh, I think went 2-0 up and Forrest managed to come back. Uh, brought Simon Cox off the bench, who I'm told joined them permanently. I didn't realise that, but um, he'd been injured and, and not thought to have made the game, but they brought him off the bench and it, it just changed things for him. So they're, they're a real danger. Um, um, when you, Chris, when sorry, you, they're, sorry. They're, I was having a look on a couple of uh, Forest message boards and uh, they, they were 
raving about Simon Cox. I think we're really going to have to keep a close eye on him. He's kind I, of there. I know really we, raving. we inquired about him, I think, some time ago, maybe maybe last season or something like that, on loan, and uh, obviously we never got him. And Yeah, he's a real talent, uh, and he's, he's a big guy as well. Like He's very hard to knock off the ball, but he's just... He's, just he's a finisher, you know. He gets a chance; he's going to score it. Hopefully, see... we'll see the. Um, he'll get injured in the week, and we'll see the headline <laughs> cocked out. Yes, let's hope that's the case, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you look through their, their squad, they've got um, obviously Billy Sharp. They got a name from Southampton. We know he can score goals at this level, um, and and he's a danger, danger man. Uh, Andy Reid, he might be my weight, but he's a very, very good footballer. Um, he's he's. You know, dead ball positions. He he's a real danger, um, and he, he can can dominate at this level. I also want to just sort of talk about uh, they've got Sam Hutchinson from Chelsea. Uh, he plays, I think he plays right back usually, but he can play in midfield as well. Uh, he's weirdly he had to retire uh, a couple of years ago as a as a Chelsea player, which he still technically is. Um, and just yeah, sort of over the passing of time, sort of felt felt his injury was less of a hindrance. Got himself checked out again, and uh, and he'd re- basically he'd recovered. So he had this little spell of spell of rest, and now he's he's resuming a, a football career, at, uh, you know, at at Chelsea. Um, and now he's he's on loan, getting games for Forest, and he's performed very well. So we'll have to be we'll have to be at it uh, on this one. Um, I'm not really sure whether. Well, let's talk about what, what we want to see. Really, um, do we do we approach it because they're a strong team? Do we approach it like the, the Charlton game and keep KG and Jednak with, with Garvin ahead, or do you want to see, you know, one of one of those drop out and Moritz come into the team? Well, I'll start with you, Nick. Uh, yeah, I think as I alluded to earlier in the program, he set out. Uh, Dougie set out with a defensive formation because we were away. Mm. I can see pretty much what we had against Sheffield Wednesday to you know with Moritz on there uh, on that pitch, um, and I I think. We were talking about um, how Jedi can do the role of both both Jedi and KG in the home matches. So I expect to see that, and maybe um, a bit of a run out for Goodwill as well. Um, well, let's hope so. The treadmill. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, to be honest with you, everyone sort of. I thought he looked a bit chunky in the game, but he actually, yeah, the pictures perhaps sort of betrayed that. I thought he looked, he looked pretty good. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I just want to quickly break away for for an email that we've got from. Uh, from Barry Eglinton, he says Friday was uh, best performance since January. We really needed it, uh, both as a club and as fans. We've gone through quite a lot in the last few months. The trick is now to do it again against Forest. Absolutely right. And uh, on on the topic of Forest, uh, which is being played on Tuesday, it's Crystal Girl Claire Eglinton's birthday. Please wish her a happy birthday. Well, happy birthday for Tuesday, Claire. Um, I hope it will be a good one um, and be celebrated with a result. Uh, and uh, yeah, she and the other Crystals will be out there performing on Tuesday, and, and Barry knows that because he's. He's Claire's dad. Oh, isn't that nice? So, uh, Nick and uh, Joe, do you want to wish Claire a happy birthday for Tuesday? Happy birthday, Tuesday. Can I do it on Tuesday? Can I come on the picture? Happy birthday, Tuesday. Yeah. That's all right, isn't it? You can do that. Well, if she's listening on Wednesday, happy birthday yesterday. Oh, yeah. I forgot it's a podcast, isn't it? We're going to have to yeah. think this through, Claire. But when, whenever it is you hear this, happy birthday wherever your ber- whenever your birthday is or was. Does that cover it? It does. Yeah. Wicked. And uh, can you send some cake over to the family stand? <sighs> you in the family stand? That's probably we'll have this conversation another time when we're actually on air. Um, anyway. Yes, Sam. I've got kids. So. 
I've got family. All right. Um, so going back to the, the Forest game, um, they're managed by Sean O'Driscoll. Um, you will remember him most likely from his spell at uh, Doncaster, where he turned a rubbish team into a good team, and then a rubbish team again when after he left. Um, he, he was appointed as Crawley manager before the season started, and he left them to take over at Forest, despite never managing Crawley in a competitive game. Um, they're That's a bit cool of a... Uh, doing a basset, isn't it? It is called doing a basset, pretty much anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, his teams do play really good football, but they do it by being being a tough, hard-working team. And I did notice that, that Forrest have picked up 13 yellow cards in the league already this season. They're, um, they're not going to be a pushover just because they've got O'Driscoll in charge and he's a you know quiet man who plays good football. They're a tough, a tough outfit. So, guys, if I can get predictions, Joe? Uh, two... One to us. Mm. Um, Alex, would you like to predict? Uh, I think it'll be a tight 1-1. One, one. Okay. Um, Nick's predicted 4-3 already, without me asking him. 4-3? Um, yeah, I think um, I think Forest Attack will have more guile about them, and I, I still think our defence could be a little bit shaky, especially without... Um, Paddy, and as Dougie told us earlier in the um, losing brief, you know, he's going to be out for a bit longer. <laughs> and, yeah, that's um, but I, I still think that we'll just score four. Mm. I think Delaney's been an absolute hero, uh, and, and Ramage is really benefiting from playing alongside him. So I think we'll keep another clean sheet and we'll win 1 0. Uh, Daryl Murdoch's gone for Forest. Um, this is Forest 3 1. Uh, probably right, Daryl, but even so. Uh, Mason De Rosario has gone for 2 1. To Palace, I believe. Alan Duffield's gone for 2 1 Palace. Uh, Lee Ward's gone for 2 2. Uh, Nigel Crouch has gone for 3 1 Palace. And <laughs> Bud Hasron has gone for 6 0 to Palace. Oh, and Ross Phillips has gone for 1 0. Uh, it says versus Forest, so I assume that's to us. I think the 6 0 is a touch optimistic. But, um, but if you're right, I'll, uh, I'll send you a prize of some sort, Bud. Um, Gel's pudding. Yeah, Joe's pudding because uh, uh, Al, Alan Duffield's already really? won Joe. You missed that. He guessed correctly that you were having lasagna, so, um, so you've got to send him a lasagna. Did he? And yeah. garlic bread. He didn't. No, you mentioned that. You anyway. mentioned the garlic bread, so he didn't go for that. You know, you you gave that was the clue of anything. Yeah. So you can have you can keep your garlic bread, but you've got to send him your lasagna. I'm afraid. Oh, he can have it in about twelve hours. <laughs> Somebody did say chicken boona with garlic bread, but I don't know who they were. Uh, no, I can't do that. Uh, uh, not boona. Anyway, look, um, and obviously we've got a game on the Saturday against Cardiff as well. Um, did you see the football league show last night? Oh, How yes. weird! Watching the away team playing in Cardiff's colours in a blue yeah. stadium. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about that. I mean. I was actually, a mate. I was talking to a mate of mine on that night when we were watching those uh, highlights, and he was saying, "How would I feel if um, if the same thing happened to Palace? If the owners just suddenly said, well, right, we're changing the kit, we're changing the badge, and you know, all that sort of stuff, just for marketing reasons.'" And I started. Uh, I, I said, "Answering," and I started thinking, "Well, in all honesty, the badge has changed a fair few times, and the kit's changed a fair few times, and sometimes we play in." white with a sash stripe and sometimes we're playing red and blue stripes and am I really that attached to it all the answer is yes I don't, wouldn't want to change in the way that they've changed and I think when you they're called the bluebirds and they're now playing in red and the bluebird has been relegated to a, a sort of afterthought on the badge with a giant oh, I've written and different I can't read that word out that I was about to say a giant red dragon um 
Yeah, but yeah, I mean, what's that about? That's just a, I, I don't really understand the significance to Malaysian people of red's the lucky uh, red, colour. Is it red's exactly. a lucky colour? Yeah. What a ridiculous statement. And did you, did you also know that they turned around and said it was a, a non-negotiable offer, their money, for the changes that they wanted? Simple as. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. That was, it was conditional. Oh, no. their, their current investment, which was you know buying people like Bellamy and Nicky Maynard and God knows who else, um, it was conditional on them being able to do this. So it's a, it's a well, shocking state of affairs, really. Yeah. I mean, are, are, we, are we just covering... We covering everyone. Are we going to? Can we cover this handshake business, or have we not got time? Oh, we'll have a little chat in a minute about that. But let's okay. um, right. let me just but yeah, run, run but through the, the kit Yeah, the kit, the kit thing. I mean, if if it meant that um, that, that Stevie Parrish was going to give us twenty or thirty mil out of the hundred and ninety one he just got, then, I, then I'll, I'll be happy with that. Mm. Or playing, I would go skins. That'd be funny, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> in the winter, imagine that. Yeah. Just have yeah. me or jelly skins and jeans. Back. Yeah, skins and jeans. Oh, there he Oh, that's old school, Nick. And what we could have, instead of them... I'll tell you what, if we wore the ends, right, you wouldn't get metatarsal injuries, would you? No. <laughs> few broken legs on the other side, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, you two again. Four shin pads on each leg, wouldn't you? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> come out like Robocop, bro. Right. Seriously, I'm you two forgotten that we're on air? the other day. Chelsea Palace, I was watching the Cup semi-final, uh, not the Cup semi-final, 76. Goldies did not wear gloves. They were hard. They, they were hard right. in them days. You know, it was, it was that, who was that, the, uh, the Danish geezer who played for Man United who'd come along with the big gloves? It was his fault. Schmeichel. Yes, him. It's his fault. he came along with the clown-sized hands. Yeah. And he's right. his big red nose. Uh, there, you, uh, there it is. All the two finished. I mean, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you playing the Dennis Norden role in that? Looks familiar. I am playing. Like yeah, montage. I've got a, clip, got a clipboard and everything. Right, shut up. The <laughs> um, um, current Cardiff's current form. Um, Cardiff won their last couple of games. Um, they lost four two at Bristol City um, three games ago, which was their last defeat, um, and their only defeat if you exclude the League Cup first round defeat to Northampton. Uh, they've all, they've drawn nil nil against Brighton at the Amex Stadium um, and other results, but they've just beaten uh, Wolves and Leeds in consecutive games. Uh, they're fifth in the table. Um, probably their most dangerous players, Craig Bellamy, Peter Whittingham, Nicky and Nicky Maynard, and obviously they're still captained by former Palace centre back Mark Hudson and um, Malky Mackay in charge. There, they're yeah, they're a dangerous team. That we we played them far too many times last season. Um, we know them. We know them well. Um, it's going to be a tough game. There's no two ways about that. Um, but certainly, I think how we do in that game probably a lot, has a lot to do with how we do against Forest. If we can keep run, the run going, keep some momentum going, I think we've got a good chance. But they're going to be a really tough side to uh, to take on. So. Um, I'm going to give to take the predictions that we've received from the uh, from the listeners. Then I'm going to go to the chaps for their predictions. Uh, Daryl Murdoch says Cardiff um, uh, Cardiff one us two. I think that is. Or I'm not, no Cardiff to win two one. There you go. Oh, my brain hurts. Uh, Mason has said two one to us. Alan Duffield has said two nil to us. Lee Ward two one to us. Nigel Croucher at one one. And Bud Hasran has got for ten nil Palace. Again, I was I I don't know. I will send you a pair of gel shoes if that happens um, no, I paid £200 for them well send him his uh, tomorrow's Cox, he ain't having those <laughs> and uh, 
Ross Phillips has also gone for a 2-1 loss there against Cardiff. So not a great deal of confidence for that game. Uh, uh, well, let's hope that's not the case. Um, so that's what's coming up. Um, Joel, you very, very quickly wanted to talk about the handshake business. Yeah, no, I, I'm just, I just think that, listen, this is my take on it, right? If the Football Association scrapped this handshake business, right, because of free footballers... I will never watch another Premiership game again. I'll, I'll say that now. I don't give. I don't care. If these overpaid, spoiled brats turn around and think that they can do because they earn all this fantastic money and think they're bigger than the game, think that they can change the rules when it comes to when they want, that will be me finished with a Premiership. I'm telling you now. I can't. I can't deal with this. I just someone. Someone needs to make a stance here. Someone famous, you know, the big name footballers need to come out and go, do you know what? Get up, shut up or get out. They've got enough money, right, to to, to walk away from the game. If they really think that they can, what's what's, what's it going to be next week? Oh, he cuddles in my socks when I was 17. I don't like him. (laughs) I ain't shaking his hands. Do you know what I mean? They've got to stop this pamperedness. They've got to grow up and... What, what they're doing, right, they're alienating themselves. We've just had yeah. five, four weeks of the most fantastic sportsmanship that you'll ever wish to have. And we had it in our country. And everyone who wanted to watch genuine sportsmanship has been G'd up. There's people out there with literally half their, a third of their body missing. And they've made an effort and gone out there and they've done it with a smile and they've done it with effort and they've given everything for their country, for themselves, for their families. What do these footballers do? Mm. They, they, what they do is they embarrass themselves and they embarrass the football, the, the, they embarrass this country. And I seriously think that Ferdinand, I'm sure, to, I, I, I don't know what way it is, but I'm, I, I'm leaning towards the side that it's Ferdinand don't want to do it. I mean, what's going to be, going to be interesting next week? Don't Chelsea play Man United? What's Rio going to do? So you're going to go mm. like that. Oh, I can't change. I can't shake your hand because, you know. But then, and what's it going to be? Is there a cousin? Is there any more cousins at playing with yeah, Lampard Kane, and Kane all that? Yeah, Kane Ferdinand's at Kane Ferdinand's at Peterborough. So if they get them in the cup, look, I'm going to give Nick a, a chance to yeah, chip in on this. Two things. Uh, first of all, I was a bit worried about shaking hands at Charlton the other day, but like the buzzer things. <laughs> I do that every year. And they, um, yeah, they, yeah. And um, I forgot what the other point was now. That's right. It's still a good joke, though. It's a good joke to, to make uh, under the pretense that you have. Oh, no, the, hand, the, the handshaking thing's ridiculous. Um, it's, it's. I don't know. I'm well, just look, lost for look, tell, No, I was going to say these footballers, sorry, uh, just to answer Joe, maybe well, you don't, you don't really disappeared. Disappear um, again, yeah. The footballers now, did they go through what? what used to be known as an apprenticeship where they'd be scrubbing the um, first team as boots. They don't do that anymore, do they? They've, I don't know. I think that does happen still. Well, it certainly happens at Palace. I think they still get um, the, the young guys still. That's probably a, an amount of time that they can work. I don't know. But um, look, all I'll say on it, I've got a couple of couple of sort of views on it, really. Um, one is that I don't really understand why there's a forced handshake because once a, a handshake is forced loses its meaning um, so I don't really understand the forced pleasantry uh, is in a princi- uh, pr- you know in principle um, and I think they'd probably do a lot of people a lot more favors if they just abandoned it in the first place but um, but it, it does exist it is there that they do ask them to do it and we obviously we do it at um, a championship level as well and it is relevant and I just just to make the point really that 
Joe, Joe's correct. It's pathetic to to actually have this situation. I'm not going to put on. I'm not going to suggest that the Ferdinand family haven't had poor treatment. I read on Twitter that obviously the the kids that are at school and stuff like that have, have been getting grief off Chelsea fans. I'm sure it goes the other way, and pretty much everyone I know slates John Terry. But I, you know, I don't know what my real views are on that. Um, um, oh my God, Joe's. Joe was actually calling me on Skype. Can you believe that? He, he, yeah, he's changed broadband provider, apparently. I'm not going to say who to. Yeah, yeah. He's changed to Sky Broadband. So if anyone's listening who's got uh, thinking of changing to Sky Broadband, don't do not do it. Um, but look, look, just uh, to finish you can off... You if the, you want. That's not a ringing endorsement. Of not no, it is. It's me. I'm it. saying don't. I, I changed from them to BT Infinity. I recommend heartily. Um, look, I, just, just to finish on the point... Uh, um, I'm sure that there's two sides to the story. I'm sure that everyone's got their own blah, blah, blah point of view. But once you, when you're a footballer and you're paid the money that you're paid and you're in the public eye and you're setting an example, just stop. You know, just let's just get rid of the bullshit. My, um, I've got a mate of mine who's a Man United fan and he's, not, he's basically not been watching football this year because he's just so sick of the premiership. Uh, I'll keep pointing out, obviously, that that's what happens when you're, a, you know, you're from Crawley and you support Man United. But, but basically... <sighs> If you, I can't. I can't imagine starting to lose interest in Palace. I know it happens to some. It's been happening to people. Obviously, people have given up season tickets, and they said the football was of a certain standard that they weren't up for. But basically, I've never. I've. I've felt over the last few years that with the the way we've been through administration and the ownership changing to what it has, and and the way with Dougie in charge, I believe that I've never felt closer to my football club, and I just think that's fantastic. And and I feel genuinely sorry for people who are having to put up with these overpaid overpaid people prancing around on the pitch as if you know all these little things really matter in the first place so that's just my view on it palace guard says um the handshakes are a load of crap anyway shake after the game no need yeah. before the match yeah like i say it, it, he's I, calling I, me now is he he just he's Clyde. Yeah, just just hang up on him. We're going to end the show anyway. I'm not even going to give him a chance to to say goodbye. Just want to pick up really really quickly on a couple of tweets. We missed uh, Les Jill's predictions earlier on. Uh, Les was drunk with me on uh, Friday, so I want to make sure he mentions them. He reckons a two 0 win to Palace against Forest and one one against Cardiff. Um, and Alex, oh Alessandro Penge, Alex, the Alex number one, who's uh, he's doing his own podcast now. Actually, that's um, just mentioned that's own goal podcast. Check it out if you've got an interest in, in European football, especially because Alex is on that now. It's uh, actually fantastic, it really is. And he's talking about our comments on Zahar earlier on. He says, Zahar's such an amazing talent. When I see him play, it fills me with pride. Our academy keeps churning out great players, and it certainly does. My view is that, that Wolf Zahar will end up being the very, very best. Uh, I'm going to end it there. Um, I think we've rambled on for easily long enough. Thank you so much for listening. I'm really happy to have uh, shared a fantastic 1 0 win with you. Sorry if I've been a little vague today, but I'm not really recovered from the night out. So um, there we are. But anyway, thanks for tuning in this week. And uh, podcast will be out soon. And we'll be back on mm, Sunday. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. 
That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.